fellow fiends. Welcome to another terrifying and delectable episode of Nightmare on Film Street. The horror podcast with zero credibility, but all of the blood, ghouls, and gore. Your puny heart can handle. <laughs> Let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. I'm John. I'm um, Kim. And this week we are talking movies that take place while you're sleeping. With 2007's Wreck and 2011's Grave Encounters. That's right, we are kicking off Found Footage Month all June long. We are going to be celebrating found footage horrors uh, here on the podcast and over on the website, nofspodcast.com. We have a ton of great stuff planned, editorials, retrospectives, us talking about movies that have shaky cameras and headaches, <laughs> and uh, all that fun stuff. I'm really excited. Found footage is one of my favorite. It's like one of my secret dirty pleasure sub-genres. Sub so. It doesn't have to be a dirty pleasure. No, because we're just celebrating it. it out loud. Exactly. In the open where everyone can see. <laughs> and if you're out there shaking your head at found footage right now saying, nobody does, nobody good does found footage, I want to remind you of a little movie uh, called The Incident at Loch Ness, directed by Werner Herzog. Yeah, that's right. Technically a found footage movie. You're talking to a Werner Herzog <laughs> audience right now. Oh, yeah. Everybody's... Everybody is, like, enraptured. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's Thursday. It's Fitzcarraldo Day. Everybody's watching it. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> That's that movie with that guy who takes a boat and wants to, like, bring it to the top of a mountain to turn it into an opera house. And Werner Herzog actually did that. Yeah. <laughs> What's the Loch Ness one about? So it's kind of a mockumentary uh, because it's it... spooky? Well, there's a monster in it. But is there? The, is it a log? <laughs> isn't isn't Nessie a log anyway? No. <laughs> oh, oh, the fictional monster? No, she's not. That photo, that grainy photo we've taken a photo of. <laughs> she's so of. cute. <laughs> she's so cute. It's a nice story. Nessie. But that's right. We are celebrating found footage this month at nofspodcast.com. We got all your lists. We got all your recommendations. We are celebrating the classics and the... Undiscovered gems, because I would say uh, of any subgenre, this is probably the one that has the most uh, undiscovered films. There's like, so much. Oh, there are yeah. so many found footage films. So. Pretty well, anybody can make one on their cell phone if they wanted to. That's true. We could be making one right now if something scary were to happen right now. But it didn't because we didn't plan it ahead. Okay, um, so John, what's keeping you creepy this week? <laughs> well, obviously, the 2019 Overlook Film Festival just wrapped. Uh, we only got home a day ago. We're still buried. Recovering. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> Recovering. We're still... Just, you know, eating vegetables and drinking water. There's a lot, of, a lot of bourbon on Bourbon Street, guys. I don't know if you know that. I don't, I don't know if I was prepared. <laughs> Some of the highlights of this year's festival were, of course, the world premiere of Chelsea Stardust's Satanic Panic, released by Fangoria. Brandon Christensen's Z, follow-up to Stillborn. The U.S. premiere of Jim Jarmusch's The Dead Don't Die. The list goes on and on. Um, if you want to check out our coverage of the festival, our reviews and interviews with filmmakers, head over to nofspodcast.com 
right now. Yeah, uh, some of my highlights from the festival, I really enjoyed Extraordinary. It's a comedy ghost movie. Very um, cute. The Lodge, which is very spooky, cold weather isolation movie. I'm going to jump in here right now before Kim remembers that she loved The Vast of Night. <laughs> the Vast of Night. <laughs> right? Oh, man. So great. Won the jury prize for best feature and apparently was a unanimous decision and no surprise at all. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit sci-fi, um, not quite horror, but definitely up every genre fan's alley. Yeah, I would say a uh, big recommendation if you are a fan of War of the Worlds, the radio program. <laughs> um, but you can get reviews for all that stuff at nofspodcast.com. There's more hitting through the weekend. Um, John and I have been working our hardest to get everything compiled and ready, but there's been so much coverage, so we're, we're, it's going to be trickling on the site for, for a few days. Also, because we were away in New Orleans, we didn't get a chance to see Godzilla. In fact, when this podcast drops, we still won't have seen <laughs> Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And uh, I am hearing nothing but good things from the right people, especially our reviewer, Mary Beth, who... Uh, Loved it. Yeah, right? Basically said, this is, this movie is for Godzilla fans. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to checking it out. We will be seeing it this weekend and releasing our Drive Home from the Drive-In review of it on Patreon at patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. And while we're here, of course, I want to give a big shout-out to our most recent patron supporters, uh, Jason, Elia, Elia? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Great save, John. Yeah, hey, I mean, uh, you got to shout it out twice. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully one of those was correct. I hope one of those is correct. I really do apologize. It might be Aaliyah, but I I, I don't think so. I think it's, I don't want to say I do think it. Don't do it. No, don't do it anymore. <laughs> you tried your best. Thank you very much. And also, Spencer, uh, you guys are great. Now, I'm glad I've got the three of you here because there's been some noises going on in my house. Some knocks on the walls, some bumps in the middle of the night, and I can't. Can't figure out what it is, but it's okay. No big deal. I've got these three little cameras here in front of you. Uh, one of you can decide who's going to talk for 20 minutes about why we're recording. I'm going to step out of the room because I can't handle it. <laughs> uh, but after that, I'm going to need you to just walk around, night vision on, uh, all hours of the night, just investigating the darkest, scariest parts as though nothing's going to jump out and attack you. Nothing's going to jump out and attack you, as far as I know. But if there are ghosties, we're going to catch them. And then cut, print, turn it into a film. Yeah. Profit. Some of you may die. <laughs> as, as always with these things, somebody's got to go. Because it, it's, we, you know, we have to release it in your memory. Also, you, you know, if, if you drop the camera and I pick it up, it, that's what makes it found footage. Because I can't just like, okay, everybody deliver the tapes to my desk Monday morning. Like, oh, who left these tapes here? I guess I found them. Like, I have to find it near, near your body. <laughs> Legally. What? <laughs> I'm so confused. But thank you guys so much for your support on Patreon. If you are interested in becoming a patron and getting fun stuff like shoutouts, merch, swag, and bonus content, you can head to patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. Also, our May giveaway has now officially ended. The Cult of Fiends giveaway. We have announced winners. So please check your inbox. We're still waiting to hear back from three winners. Um, mailing addresses if you don't have good access to your email inbox, just double check the contest page because we have the winners posted there and then we'll mail out your prizes. And if you were unlucky, good thing for you, we have another giveaway started. We have a copy of the Us Blu-ray combo. It's Blu-ray, DVD, and digital that we are giving away courtesy of Universal Home Entertainment. 
that is over on our Instagram page at Instagram.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. And that is open until um, June mid-June. 17th. Yeah. So you have a few days to enter that and you could get a chance to win a copy of Jordan Peele's Us. Is there anything else? No, I think we I think we downloaded it all. I think we've. If, I feel like we did had to do a lot of housekeeping because it was like a, such a crazy weekend. Mm. Um, I'm excited to talk about these movies because found footage month. I'm also excited. Found footage. I don't have a follow up. <laughs> All right, let's kick it off. Let's start. Let's let's talk about the f- one found footage movie I think everybody likes. Even people I know that don't love found footage all love Wreck. From 2007, currently sitting at a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, 69% Metacritic rating, and a 3.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd. We saw this movie together for the first time, right? I think we did. Yeah. Do you remember how we came across it? No. Neither do I. I do not. Yeah. Because this is definitely in the days before I think we rented it. I think it was a blockbuster find. All right. Just one of those like blind grabs. Yeah. Isn't that the weirdest thing? Like when your relationship, not becomes, but there is a point where you've both seen everything at the movies and like at the movie rental store. And if you don't find something new that neither of you have seen, the night's ruined. Do you remember that feeling? I remember being sad a couple times at the movie theater, like or at the. Why do we keep saying theater? At the, it's because we don't say the video rental store anymore. When we couldn't find a thing, lucky for us, we we had a really good section of like foreign and festival finds. Do you remember that section? I do. It was just one tiny wall in between. Nobody ever rented it. It was like in between the men's bathroom and the women's <laughs> bathroom, and there was one wall. It was just like one bookshelf. It was kind of just like an odd duck section because it also had documentaries. Foreign films and just some like odd festival movies. And there was only ever like one copy of each film. And we bought them. And they were always there. And we bought them when that store went out of business. Yeah, the second that Blockbuster went down, we were like, to the section. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's how we discovered like Enter the Void. Taxidermia. Taxidermia. This is Joan Rivers. Like all of the, just like the weird one-off movies we own that nobody seems to remember. Huh. Funny. And Wreck was one of them. Good God, is this a good movie. Yeah. You know, I hadn't seen this movie in a really long time, uh, watching it for the podcast, and I had forgotten how genuinely scary this movie is. Yeah. And it's it's a different kind of scary because it's it's like first-person video game scary. Mm. It's scary in the way that like the Resident, uh, the Resident Evil games are scary. Residential Evil. Residential Evil. Oh, Population left- <laughs> 12 seniors. Yeah. <laughs> you left the curling iron on again and I burnt my hand. It's first-person scary. Yeah. So scary. It's nuts. Um, And not like a jump scare scary or a paranormal. Like, I don't know how to describe how scary this movie is in that it's very... Raw. They really nail the found footage frights in this movie. It's because you are really on that ride. As much as I think every found footage movie is probably also trying to do that, 
you kind of feel like the person holding the camera maybe because i feel it feels personal like when they the entire movie they are trapped in a building and you are trapped with them Mm -hmm. and i mean like yeah you can use that language whenever you're talking about a movie period but i really feel that in this movie and i think that's what gives it that video game element because in a video game you're in control it's you you're seeing the things that you're experiencing and i think we're we're probably going to be comparing this movie to a video game a lot because how the information is doled out is more like a video game than a typical found footage Oh, yeah, film. it's all there, but you have to walk up to it to read it. Well, like, you gotta press that A button, you gotta flip that paper. You gotta read the notes from each room, uh, but... That is my least favorite thing about video games, where you find a journal and you gotta... Like, I know, like, collect the all journal. the journal pages, or Fuck collect all the tapes, journal. and you're just like, screw the story, I'm here to shoot the zombies that pop up. Yeah. Um, but... Normally with a found footage film, it's about a bunch of people investigating something. So like we're going to see this haunted house or there's this legend here. Whereas this film wasn't ever intended to be a horror film or whatever. There was just like a phenomena that happened. It's closer to Cloverfield in that we were filming a party or we were filming a late night broadcast regarding firefighters and their daily, their, their nightly lives. And then this thing happens. So... It is really vague. For most of the film, it's vague. The The ending is vague. And the information is only doled out to you slowly. It's a character dropping a line. And so some of these major plot points seem so insignificant mm-hmm. when they're said. But you pick things up and you're like, wait, no, that's a big deal. Like It's like we, real life. Yeah. When we finally find out that the dog was at the vet, it's, yeah. it's like an hour after we've been with a girl who's sick. And for some reason, she wasn't really on our radar as much as she should have been. Well, also, how do the like the EPA people know to come quarantine this building? Yeah. The it, firefighters got called because like a woman was in distress. They're like, responding to a 911 call. Yeah. And if they if the EPA, I just, I'm just going to say that I don't, I don't have any other phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had as much information as the people at the as the firefighters do. The firefighters never would have gotten there. So surely they know something else. And that's exactly where that dog comes in. I remember writing that down. Like, I'd, I'd forgotten about the dog, but in my notebook, I was like, the dog is the key. The dog is everything. Like, <laughs> underline this. I've cracked the code. Yeah, it's, it's just really great because of how in the dark you are. And you're right, when the EPA guys lock them in and they start putting down that ominous like they're tarping plastic yeah, tarp. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. There's just like a barrier. There's, so like bugs there's something so surreal about it because they're with law enforcement yeah and that's what that's what immediately adds some credibility to this right because it it means it's serious because they would in terms of people to get out they they would prioritize well they i wouldn't think they prioritize the the firefighters firefighters and the police who are first responders who are supposed to be taking charge of this erratic situation or this erratic woman or whatever the call was are no longer in control and do not understand what's happening. And they're not privy to any They're more not info. into the, like, yeah. yeah, they're civilians in this situation. Yeah, exactly. Which is really creepy. I mean, that police officer, I think he's just kind of on a little bit of a power trip and he, um, he's the one that's got the radio and he's talking to them, but he doesn't know anything. No. And I think that's part of the reason why he's pretending he's more in control and he keeps telling them to turn the camera off. Yeah. Because he doesn't know anything. Exactly. And he's scared. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. This movie is great. He's scared and he has to wear a hat. It shows what people do when they're scared. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, like, you you don't see that in necessarily everybody. A lot of them are just like, what do we do? What's going on? But it it is always interesting to see how 
different people react differently when they are scared. Yeah, I think Angela, the camera, or the... The host of the the, the, the television show. What do you call it? The anchor, right? She, is like, it a anchor. news program? She's. I'm sure it's... I think it's like a late night news thing that they just okay. don't air live. Um, yeah. She's great because... You don't really like her, and she doesn't necessarily do anything totally endearing until near the end. She does some really cool self-defense stuff. Mm-hmm. But when things start to escalate, she she keeps saying, like, we need to have the camera on. And she's kind of just really antagonistic about the camera, like, just shouting, like, we're keeping this on. We need to keep documented footage. And she keeps trying to update you on, like, how many people are dead and who's injured and stuff. Yeah. Like a reporter would. Like, she's doing a good job. But there's something really almost, like, she gets very offensive about it. Yeah. And I don't really like her in that situation. But I can see that character being real. Yeah. Somebody who who is obviously used to limelight and has charisma and what they would want to do in that situation. And they would want to keep filming and they would be almost the way she's protecting her camera is almost the same way that the the main police officer is trying to protect the scene mm-hmm. when they're both out of their depth. Yeah. Um, and I like that we don't necessarily love her through these scenes and it's, it goes so fast that it doesn't matter if you like her or not. Mm-hmm. N- most movies would really try to make you, like the lead like in a lot of um, found footage films we spend so much time with these characters before they go on their big project or their big event or their big filming thing we see them packing their bags yeah because and looking at all their gear and being all excited and maybe we have a night with them the first night where they all have dinner and they meet the locals and you know what i mean yeah there's normally a really big extended setup, which I do have to admit i like and i know you hate it i do um I'm, that's why i'm a big fan of found footage i love getting to meet and mingle and and stuff with characters but this film doesn't need it and it's great that way yeah um i wonder i wonder if she keeps saying like we have to keep filming because in any fan footage movie you at some point wonder why are they still filming because it self-preservation comes to mind they don't need to say that in this though because but then why do they (laughs) but they are news yeah so that's what i that's why i think they really didn't need to say it at all because it makes sense that they would continue filming. It's their job. Yeah. And that's why I'm chalking up her saying, like, we need to keep filming. It's it's revealing her character more than it's trying to tell the audience why they why why we have to keep filming, even though there's like a zombie maybe outbreak. Yeah. Um, I think that's more uh, revealing of her character. Okay. Because I do, I do have to say I hate when they're like, we have to film this. We have to keep a record. And you're like, whatever. But the news would do that. Yeah. No, no, they would. Um, that is always like a shitty part in all these movies. It's, But I mean, it's a trope just like running upstairs or a, any other trope that you'd see in any movie. Like it plays by its own rules. In a zombie movie, you oh, the humans are more dangerous than the zombies. Like we've all got the same beats. It's just which beats you like, unfortunately. Well, there's a reason why they've become tropes is because they're effective. Yeah, well, <laughs> it also do... helps establish the subgenre. Like yeah. without it, you're just like a freeform movie, which is also good. Which but, is also fine. Yeah, it's great. But, <laughs> uh, but we came to fan footage because we were looking for something. Some people like Kim really like those boring moments shut up so why get rid of them they're not boring it's a treat for people who like boring things oh (laughs) (laughs) i love this tv show that they're filming by the way while you're asleep 
I think it's a great TV show. I would watch that, especially if I was up late oh, at night. in the middle of the night, I would yeah. totally watch that. Yeah, it's this like, is these are the jobs that people are doing, or this is what's happening on the street. I don't know if she's always following professionals. It could just be as, it could be as easily as just walking around Central Park at night, which sounds like a horrible idea. Or but, like, I would love to see an episode where she's at a diner with just like, yeah, oh, these are the guys oh, that so serve great. drunk people pizza at yeah. 4 a.m. Yeah, like these I are the people that come that. in and order food and fall asleep just because they need somewhere to sober up. It's great. Yeah, that is my television show. I want to see that. And they're bored. They're so bored because they they knew coming to a fire hall could potentially be very interesting if they go out on a call, if there's a fire, if there's a cat that needs to be rescued from a tree. But they also have to get enough B-roll in case that doesn't happen and all they have is footage of her trying on the fire suit. That's it. She tries to talk to like the receptionist, and they're just like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it's it sets up to who we're gonna be with the two the two main firefighters, so that when we actually go out on the call, we have these almost two familiar faces who provide comfort. I would say throughout most of the film, like, well, yeah, I they're find like myself, they're there to protect her almost. Yeah, or? I find myself being like, find Manu, where's Manu? Well, yeah, <laughs> like, because they're the guys that are standing up for them when the police say, why is there a camera crew here? Why are you filming? Like, no, they're with us. They have permission, yada, yada. Like, that's, we need those guys to basically run defense for us as, as the main character. Well, and also they're they're big guys who are trained firemen. Like that's in a, true. In an outbreak of any sort, I would like to be with them. Yeah, like doesn't he pick up a sledgehammer at one point? Yes. Can you imagine just walking around swinging a sledgehammer? It's but they're so going upstairs tiring. to like to check out a, a monster situation. The one police officer has a gun, one gun between like twelve people. Scary already, but he just grabs a sledgehammer and goes upstairs, and you're just like, good on you, sir. Yeah. Well, if it's all you got, it's all you got. Okay, so let's talk about the first incident. Let's let's talking get into the lady? plot a little bit. About... Yes, so okay. that's that's why they were called on this emergency on this this nine one one call is because residents heard screaming in this four story apartment building. Yeah, and a woman who is normally kind of reclusive and is odd to begin with, mm-hmm. big scream, maybe a loud sound, possibly murder. They think that she fell down or something. Um, so they're going upstairs to check it out. Yeah, so they come into her apartment, and at the end of... A really long... Oh, man, like, these are the largest apartments that anybody's ever owned I'm in I'm sure they're life. beautiful. Oh, my God, it's insane. <laughs> Apart like from the zombies. 3,000 square foot apartment. We're moving to Spain. Like, that's what it comes down to. I didn't see anybody in that group that looked like they were... Uh, well like to rolling do. in dough. Yeah. yeah, so we're getting an apartment. <laughs> Unless it's, like, rent controlled. Everybody there has gotten it from their great-grandparents, but... Uh, yes, this old lady is just standing and you can see just with like the camera light a little bit and the moonlight coming in through the window that she's got blood all over her. Yeah, and she's in a nightgown or like a slip or something and it is like blood soaked. It is pink red with blood. It takes her all of 10 seconds before she eats one of the cops. The main cop. The main cop. Bites his neck. And as they're, so, so we've got... Why are we trying to do beat for beat for this movie? Like, it's been forever since you've seen it. But, like, when they try and take the cop outside, that's when... Like, this movie is just, like, it raises the stakes so well. We get there. Oh, we finally got a good call. It's breaking up the monotony of hanging out in the fire hall. Oh, there's a lady. Hey, it might be a little scarier than we thought it's going to be. She's a monster. She's eating people. We got to get out of here. Doors locked. And Can't meanwhile, leave. they're they're all carrying that police officer who's been bitten, and He's blood is just everywhere. spurting out of his neck. Like he is in critical condition, and the door has been locked. 
and they're not allowed outside. Oh, and then some guy catapults from th- from the stairwell three stories up. Isn't it Manny? Isn't it like our buddy? Uh, it's the other one. It oh, is Alex. Alex. Ah, poor Alex. Uh, the other uh, first firefighter kaput. Yeah. In the is... most shocking drop of all time. Oh, it's insane. The that... first time we saw this, I think the first time anybody watches this, it destroys them because it's like it's like a jump scare that breaks all the rules. Because people, like, yeah, it's it's tense, it's scary, what are they gonna do? Oh my god, somebody just died in front of because us. Because we're still high on this weird, on this story of, like, this guy is dying, why won't they let us out? They presented so many other things to ponder at the doorway, and then, oh yeah, that guy that's upstairs with the zombie, mm-hmm. defeated. Yeah. Uh, the th- it's around this time in the movie that, like, I start to think, like, this is an odd thing to say, but it's like there's a movie happening... On its own, and these cameras are just here to witness it. I don't know if that makes sense. Like that's kind of what found footage filmmaking is. It's but supposed to be. Yeah, it's that's what it's supposed to be. But it, a lot of the times, it feels very staged. Uh, I'm trying. I use that that term lightly. Um, Things this, happen in front of the camera con- more conveniently than they should. Yeah, and it's the the camera is like maybe just like a half a second behind the action and the scares. Like they do a really good job. It's like the cinematographer wasn't told exactly where to look and what was going to happen. Like all of the actors know exactly what they're doing. They're all moving. It looks like there are no cuts. And we are just watching a stage play where people are almost improvising a horror movie and this camera just happens to be catching it at the right times. Yeah. Like, it is staged so, so well. A point on that, there's also a really, there has to be a really great awareness of um, what an audience would expect from a film like this too. And this kind of goes with um, how it's staged. A little bit later in the film, they end up back in that hallway where the larger woman was zombified like second floor or whatever yeah and they have to take her down so they shoot her but at some point she's gotten another one of the tenants who also dies in the hallway so there are two dead corpses in that hall and we're having a scene in the foreground where angela is talking to her cameraman mm-hmm. and they're just talking about what had transpired like they just saw that woman get shot um for running at the officer and it was very tense and mm-hmm. it was a really adrenaline charging scene so they're just kind of trying to recover from that and figure out what's going on but that whole scene we have a clear view of these two corpses in the background and we all know zombies at this point (laughs) we understand how they work and we do not know one first of all the girl in the front was just killed by a zombie has not been shot at all and the second one has already reanimated at some point so we're watching so hard to make sure nothing moves, but also because we're terrified something might move. Mm-hmm. And in that t- entire scene, nothing happens because the real plot of that scene is what's happening in the foreground and our two main characters trying to f- make sense of what's happened. Yeah. But we're just expecting zombies to start moving. This is why 3D will be great. It just isn't yet. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it's going to give us that foreground and background storytelling where we're going to be watching uh, two things at once. But that scene is so tense. Yeah. Were you watching, like, were you watching the characters in the front in that scene? I wasn't. No one is. I was watching those zombies and yeah. making sure their fingers wouldn't move. I was <laughs> like, you guys stay down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stay down. <laughs> You're grounded, mister. <laughs> I always forget that they send a health inspector in. 
Yeah. In my memory, it's just a it's a it's a, a movie lockdown. where lockdown, full yeah, lockdown. full lockdown, nobody in, nobody out, and uh, we just watch how these characters deal with that. And to be honest, I mean, one, yeah, budgetary. It's it's a smart idea because it's basically like a hallway, one apartment that's used for several apartments, and, and like an, another little service area. So like budget wise for this movie, it's great, smart idea, but. Um, that's also sort of a trope for a standard zombie movie anyway. You have some action outside where we see how, you know, destructive the world is and, like, the zombies are everywhere, and then we hole up in one safe space and we watch how the group cannibalizes itself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so not unlike what we would see in a normal zombie movie, it, like a non-found footage movie. But bringing the health inspector in is cool because it also eventually gives us a little more backstory on what the guys outside know, even though they know only marginally more than the people inside. Um, So it doesn't really feel like a lot of exposition. There's still more for us to figure out ourselves later on. And that is, that is the craziest part about the end of this movie. You get all the answers, but good God, you got to piece them together yourself. The health inspector confirms the fact that the dog was sick and that the vet uh, had basically sent up a red flag that this dog uh, infected all of the other dogs and they're all wild and crazy and they want to bite everybody. And this is how we know that the virus gets transferred through saliva. Mm-hmm. And depending on your blood type, the this this is the scariest thing. And this is such a smart take on the zombie move. Uh, it's not that um, the first wave of zombies take longer to become zombies or that um, there is a specific set time like ooh 45 seconds after your bit you're a zombie or two and a half hours whatever's convenient for the movie it's based on blood type so you could get bitten and become a zombie three hours later or you could get bitten and become a zombie in an hour in 10 minutes in five minutes it's all based on your own genetic makeup which would be true about any virus it all depends on the recipient right you're more susceptible to the common cold or the flu than I am, yada yada. So why would a virus be any different? Yeah, and so the health inspector, he's coming, I'm assuming this is a bit of a ruse. I don't know if they have any intention of letting anybody out, but they're basically saying that if they all give a vial of blood, they all just do a a little blood test to confirm that they do not have the virus, they'll be let out, which I don't necessarily think is true. They might be let out into a different quarantined area. I think they might be trying to get more information about this virus because this is, I would say that this is ground zero for this virus. Yeah. And they don't know anything about it. So, of course, they're going to try to get as many samples as possible, which is why the health inspector is there. But I don't know if they get any opportunity to take any blood because as the health inspector comes in, the two wounded, which is the firefighter and the main police officer, uh, they turn. Yeah. And then they're like free. And this is where all hell breaks loose. The this movie ramps up real fast because the zombies are they weren't chained to the bed. They were trying to handcuff them down. That's what the health inspector was telling them to do. But they were arguing uh, and they were worried. And then they, they boom zombified. And now they're on the loose. It's not going to take very long for them to get through that single glass paned door. But they do have like that weird shutter door at the textile shop that they're hoping is going to hold them off. Garage door style. Let's do this. Yeah. And uh, so. I, I don't even remember why, but oh, damn. Oh, this movie's so good. Sorry, I'm just remembering it live like we're watching it. So they come back. They're running away from those zombies. And the little girl who was sick is now fucking evil. And she's like attacking people and she's running off. Like she's like Gage from Pet Cemetery. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's she's time though at first to spit blood into her mom's mouth. Oh yeah, right. Like the <laughs> the worry is that oh don't let them bite you. And it's like don't worry, got Watch this out, covered. Watch out, that's your saliva. <laughs> yeah, right. And oh, then she man. runs upstairs like a little demon baby. Yeah, she's she's a scary little sprite, that one. Yeah, but they're smart enough to at least handcuff mom to the banister because they know immediately she's dangerous. Yeah, and that doesn't become the friggin' biggest scare of the movie in three minutes. Yeah, no. Because at this point, people are turning to zombies left, right, and center. Everybody's a zombie. There's zombies upstairs. There's zombies in the textile shop who are slowly opening that garage door. Mom's a zombie who's handcuffed to the stairwell and is very hell-bent on getting anybody that goes past and up or down the stairwell. Yeah, and despite helping everybody get to safety, that health inspector's been bitten, and he knows what his fate is, so he locks himself in the bathroom. He's basically just like, get the fuck out of here. Stay the fuck away from me. I don't know how long I've got, but I'm I'm dead. Like I I am dead right now. Uh, and unfortunately, that nice old man who's <laughs> so very vain, <laughs> he uh, he stays a little too close to that bathroom and gets bitten. His interview is great. Like his little his testimonial moment. Like, what's my good side? What's my ooh? How are you today? I also just we're like, filming. Oh, we're filming now. <laughs> I also just like that. Even though there's this like emergency situation in this apartment building. These residents have no problem being like low level petty oh, and yeah. like slightly racist. We get more about some of their characters though. Like the old people are, um, like he's definitely got, do you think he's got dementia? Alzheimer's I think, or I think yeah. it's just dementia. Cause he can't remember what floor they're on. Yeah. I do love that they bicker back and forth like an old married couple, but she's probably just, she's got a great memory and he's losing his and she's fed up of having to correct him. But that plays good too because there's a few moments where they have. Um, that back and forth where you're a little bit worried he might be sick. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's just dementia. That's a good point. Because we don't see them later in the movie. If they've, if they've become zombies or um, whatever this illness is, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're fast enough to be a huge threat. <laughs> I love the way you say that because you're like, ooh, I got the goods. I got the theories. I have, I know the- I have theories. Like, I am so ready to get to this ending. Okay. I am so ready to get to this ending. Okay, so some people turn into zombies and then we go into the penthouse. Because well, there's nowhere else to go. Yeah, so they were trying to get keys to go through the floor of the textile warehouse, um, but there are too many zombies everywhere. And at some point, our beloved firefighter holding the sledgehammer has also become a zombie. Oh, so sad. So all that is left is our cameraman and Angela, yep. the reporter. Pablo and Angela. And we head to the penthouse, which is supposed to be... Unoccupied. Unoccupied. Oh, when she's trying to unlock the the uh, the penthouse with the keys oh, and man. all the zombies are running up the stairs. It's so good. That is too much stress for me. Yeah, it's like a ticking clock scenario and you can hear them getting closer and closer. Then the, you're, honestly, just given how the rest of this movie's gone, you're not 100% certain they're going to make it through that door. Like, would not be an uncommon found footage move to have them die at that door. <sighs> and the camera hits the floor. At that point in the movie, I don't even... I don't even know what I'm expecting to happen because all the characters are pretty much dead and it is looking hopeless for our two leads. And so I don't know what I'm expecting when they finally open the door to that penthouse, but it's not what they actually open the door to. Mm. It's It's also, it's not really spoken about the rest of the movie as this ominous, like, oh, we don't know who lives there. It's been empty for years, 20 years today, in fact. Like, it's not. We don't think that we're going to find out anything. No, we just think it's an empty space. But you don't think you're going to find out anything about the the origins of this outbreak. It's a small budget found footage film and they've been doing a great job at scaring the shit out of us up to this point. So if it just ended and gave us no answers, 
I think we would have still been fine with the film. I think I for think how everybody... many answers we get, it's even scarier. It's just like, holy shit, it's it's all here. Oh, God. Because well, they, they do that same thing where they just front load you with, like, spooky information, and then they drop another bombshell on you, and then it's just over. Mm. And nothing is overtly explained. So you kind of just have to take what you, what you pick out of that movie. But... Through it, they're also fighting some two main zombies and the light breaks. So you don't get a lot of chance to see what's actually on the walls. Yeah, they think they've found safety. Uh, unfortunately, they've locked themselves in with an even more dangerous threat. Um, patient zero, we'll call her. So all around this entire apartment, we have... Zero and 0. 0.5. There's two things up there. Okay, but one of them is the little boy from yeah. the Chinese family. Is it? Yeah. No, I think, I think it's, it's the little, little girl that was possessed. I thought it was a little Chinese boy. Because there's a little boy. Anyway, doesn't matter. There's a little kid. <laughs> and uh, and somebody else who we see. So throughout the, throughout the entire penthouse apartment, there it's like there's lab experiments going on. And there's newspaper clippings. And there's recordings from the Vatican about like what's going on. And this fucking apartment looks real nice, by the way. There's a ceiling mural in this place. <laughs> And there, so the newspaper clippings on the wall, you don't get to read a lot of them, but there is one main thing that keeps popping up, and it's a possession. Yeah. There's this one girl who was possessed, um, and there's other possessions, but then there's also a lot of photos of brides. Of brides. Yes. Okay. There are a lot of veiled women. Okay. And and we hear from this male scientist slash doctor slash... I'm assuming he's a scientist. Yeah. Maybe he's more leaning religious than scientist. Um, but he's trying to extract the possession from this girl. Yeah. And is ex- I guess extract is the right word because of what it becomes. Well, I think what, yeah, what they're trying to say is that possession is either a supernatural. It's a tangible thing. Yeah, that's what they're trying to say. Like, su- like the possession itself, the demon, whatever it is, like, the, let's treat it like a virus, which means we could cure it the way medicine cures other things. But it means you could also weaponize it. And maybe not weaponize it, but... I don't know if they're there yet. <laughs> no, no I, I don't think that's necessarily the plan either. They're just trying... They've got this hypothesis that evil is tangible and can be extracted or or um, treated. And that's why they have this possessed girl. Because they're trying to use her as the experiment to get that demon virus, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the brides. I just think that there's, I, I, now I'd love to see the scene more, but I'm, I would bet that somewhere in this uh, room, there's got to be evidence to like the doctor's personal connection to this situation. Okay. Maybe his wife is possessed. And if he is can it just cure, one specific bride or I don't, lots of no, brides? No, I think it, so I don't know. Because if there's, you remember. They, there is a lot of bride stuff. Um, Interesting. And then the possessed girl story. So I'm thinking that they are trying to, they're using this girl as a case study, but I'm sure it's because he has a personal connection to eradicating this disease. Interesting. Now, these brides, because I don't remember, so I feel like I'm interviewing you. Um, Old-timey photos? Modern photos. Old-timey photos. Fuck, okay. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah. Rec 3 takes place at a wedding. Mm Hmm? means nothing obviously um (laughs) i yeah i don't remember anything about the brides interesting could Mm -hmm. just be creepy imagery probably not though i don't know i don't know and she's crazy so what what i assume happened is because this place looks like it's been empty for a very long time and it's dilapidated and gross 
Um, she escaped. Like, she was his test subject. She overpowered him or whatever. Well, and he locked he's her. Left. He, he locked, locked her, her up. Okay. So um, he's just dipped. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, he's gone. And How did she get the dog sick? I don't know. That's that's the one thing I, I have a question leaving this movie is how she got the dog sick. The dog could have been sniffing at the door or something, or maybe the landlord checked on the root. Like, who knows? Okay. Well, either way, dog got into something it shouldn't have got into. Got sick. That's how it spread everywhere. Mm-hmm. Because this thing has been locked in there for a while. It's emaciated. It's like gaunt and gross. It hasn't eaten in a very long time, but it's, it's still very alive. It's very creepy. Yeah. So creepy. And at this point, the lamp has burnt out because the kid has attacked the cameraman. Um, so they're on night vision. So the entire thing is green. I'm sure you've seen the images if you haven't seen the film lately. Um, you'll remember that green, green light. Oh, man, and that, she's so nuts when ugh. she's eating people. Ugh. scary <laughs> very scary and a great final shot why did they ruin it when they made quarantine why did they do that what did they do in quarantine in quarantine the scene where she's talking to the camera and screams and gets pulled away is in the trailer oh it's a cool moment but it's a nice surprise yeah don't put that in your trailer yeah oh um, that hurts but I, what's so great i think about this ending is up until this point, we've just assumed zombies. And we've been saying it this whole podcast, zombies. Yeah. It's not a zombie movie. No, not really. It's a possession movie. Yeah, but it's like possession playing by the rules of zombie. It's like they've taken this, the possession and they've mutated it and given it more power the way a virus does. Like, they, it's great. So weird. Because that means that all of these people are in control of, like, by the devil, we'll say. Yeah, Maybe. and like if it's a if it's a demon, does that mean the demon is simultaneously possessing all of these people, or if it's just pure evil concentrate that they're just spreading around like a zombie virus? Yeah, or I mean, you could take it the other way, where it's like, oh, well, demons don't exist, and this is just a virus, and because we never had any name for it, we we said demons for years. <laughs> but the fact that the Vatican's into it, and the Vatican's doing the testing and whatnot, I'm gonna stick with demons. I, it's a very interesting angle. Viral it's something demons. that hasn't been explored before with with the zombie genre, like subgenre. Oh yeah, it's a great refresh for that that whole take. Especially when you see this main monster at the very end, it is something entirely different than like why would you have this weird creature? Mm-hmm. It's the stuff of nightmares. It is the stuff of oh, nightmares. Oh man, it looks so good. I love this movie. It sh- it hits you and you don't understand what's happening and then it's terrifying and it's over. Yeah. And you're left with like, what was that? Yeah. It's like the, the whole first half of the movie, the first two thirds of the movie, it's an assault of fear. And it's just like, it's nonstop. You get a few moments here and there where like, okay, you can catch your breath. But for the most part, it's just like hit after hit after hit. Scare after scare, and at the end of the movie, it's you're still being scared that whole time, and you are running away. But it's like an info dump that you can't handle. It's just an overload, which I would think like, is I'm a great confused. description. Yeah, what is? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's a great description for the whole movie. It's nuts. This is an information overload. It's a scare overload. It's it's full sensory overload. I like this movie a lot. Yeah, and it it does so feel like a video game, especially when you're with the cop and the firefighter, and you know there's zombies upstairs, and they're like, we gotta go find that little girl. I'm like, we don't. No, we no, don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> and when they're trying to get get away from the mom when she's been zombified and she's attached to the stairwell, I cannot handle that scene. That is so fucking scary. It's pretty crazy. Oh, so many good scares in this movie. 
are we ready to get to ratings? I think, I think we so. are. Yeah. Oh, it boy. feels like we got here fast, but whatever. This movie is fast. It's 118 minutes long. 118? It's an hour and 18 minutes. That's not bad. 78 minutes. Not bad at all. It's a nice short film. Yeah. It's good pacing. I, I, you know, I like a short film. Yeah. Everybody shits on it. But like occasionally you get one and you're like, yeah, I wouldn't have made this any longer. Get in, get out, scare them a bunch. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I'm giving this a four out of four. I'm also giving it a four out of four. I felt like you were stalling. You were waiting for me to give mine. I was. Yeah. It's so good. I, it seems weird to, I was like, no, not a four out of four. Surely a 3.5. And it's like, what do I have to complain about in this movie? Absolutely nothing. I it, love everything about this and movie. And it holds up. Like I've, I've seen this movie so many times and- um, it was a joy to revisit. The, yes, the scares <laughs> are so on point. I was like screaming last night watching this. And, and you know all the beats. And I know like all of the scares. It's so good. So well done. Uh, such a awesome found footage movie. A really interesting take on the zombie genre. And like they threw a little bit of demon possession in there. And you know, it's, it's just fucking great. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Moving on, let's talk about another fan favorite. We're going to talk 2011's Grave Encounters. Mark. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Grave Encounters. Psychiatric hospitals like this were seen as sort of a, a dumping ground for embarrassing family members rather than a place that they could go to actually get help. Many of them were severely disturbed. It's truly frightening. I swear to God that I saw someone right at the end of the hall there. And he swears that, that, that something pushed him off the ladder. Tonight, my crew and I using the most sophisticated in ghost hunting equipment. We're in search of definitive proof of spirits that were unsettled in life and possibly unsettled in the afterlife. Is there someone here with us? Did you get that? Do you see your own man? Yeah. I'm gonna document everything because when we get out, people are gonna want to see this. Matt and Houston are gone. We just need to focus on finding what we always do. So Grave Encounters from 2011 
currently sitting at a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 33% Metacritic rating, and a 2.9 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Still pretty high, I would say, for found footage. Found footage is normally rated not not so great. Now, what is your first introduction to this movie? Do you remember, like, when you first found out about Grave Encounters? No. Um, And I'm not going to lie. Every time we watch it, I think I haven't seen it. I'm like, that title's really familiar. I think I've only seen the second one. And then we put it on. I'm like, oh, right. I remember everything about this movie. I have that that too. And I think part of it is my brain remembers um, the hands in the the hand scene and the bathtub stuff. Nothing else does my brain remember. I'm all about Lance Preston. Like, that's what I remember. I'm Lance Preston, and this is Grave Encounters. (laughs) But when I was reading up on Wikipedia when I was trying to get the ratings for this film, apparently the trailer went viral. Oh, really? Yeah. And so this film had a really great head start because it had like 32 million views on that's crazy. On YouTube for the trailer for a found footage film. So, Have you seen the trailer? Do you know if it makes it look as though it's it's like an ad for the, the TV show Grave Encounters? I don't know. Okay, because that, that would seal the deal for me. So I think that's really interesting because I I don't remember. I, I'm sure we didn't see this movie when it was first coming out, but I don't know. Because I've always been kind of big on found footage. Been huge on found footage. Uh, but I don't remember when, I'm, when we first saw this movie because I'm yeah. sure it was together. This movie came out in 2011, so we were together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, every once a year we both take vacations for a week and watch whatever movies we want. We go to yeah, <laughs> we 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 rent different hotel rooms and all we do is watch movies. So that way we can still sound like normal people and be like, oh, we I have saw lives separate yeah. of each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember when we first saw this movie, so I know this is probably the third time we've watched it. Like the podcast viewing, we've definitely seen it a couple times before this. Yeah. And I think that comes down to, I kind of hate ghost shows. I kind of hate them. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. But if it's two in the morning and they're all that's on, like, I'll watch a ghost show. Maybe, mainly just to hate at it. So yeah, but I think, I think they ghost- So I have an outlet for my my ghost show hate. <laughs> I think it's funny. You're, you're miming having your hands around its throat right now. But hate. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think it's that disinterest in those shows and maybe just like the 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 raised eyebrow you have while watching them that makes movies like this better because you have to think that those shows are bullshit in order to really love this movie mm. or maybe or maybe not it's, maybe. i think it goes both ways i i'm sure people who like ghost shows and really believe in like emf and all of that uh fun ghost technology that's stuck in 1998 uh, can really get behind the the parody of it, especially when they're proven to be right. I mean, the building is definitely proven to be haunted in some kind of fashion. But they're so. paying people to say that at one point, right? Like they're like, oh, this this groundskeeper who just started, who doesn't want to talk to the film crew, he gives him twenty bucks to say that he worked here for ten years. And I, oh, oh I've that's seen so a great. Ghost. Oh, it's over there, right over there. He was very scary. It was very scary. <laughs> but like the, the bullshit scenes are where we're going through that text. But that's stuff. just the show. I mean, I'm sure the other shows are real legit. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's just he's a composite character. Like other people have said it's haunted. We just don't have them here with us. So he's a stand in for real people and their real experiences. That'll never get you into hot water. <laughs> uh, no, but like the bullshit parody moments, I think, are great when we're going through the tech. And you're like, yeah, this is our EMF reader. This is our EVP reader. And this is a guy 
tiger counter. Like, isn't it so Doesn't cool? Doesn't it look sweet? Like, yeah, man, it looks awesome. At no point do they explain what it does. They just, they have it because it looks great. And it's it's the machine that goes bing. bing. Yeah, right? <laughs> that joke's been running strong for 35 years. <laughs> so basically the setup for this found footage film is that it is a ghost television show. Now, we don't start with the TV show. We start with the producer of the TV show, you know, sitting in his office in front of his his computer screen, and he's telling us we're about to watch the compiled footage of the unaired sixth episode of Grave Encounters. Now, yeah. five episodes have already gone and aired and whatever, and sometime, at some point on, during the sixth episode, something happened, and then everybody went missing. Yeah, what you're seeing now is real, and it's only edited for time. I love that setup because what they're what they're essentially saying is, um, you've seen faces of death, right? That's fake. This actual people dying. Enjoy. <laughs> like I that is always that that always makes me feel like I'm watching a movie and not like I'm watching something real. Like it's it's always doing the opposite of its intention. But I think everybody goes into this knowing that it's a movie. It's I I still think it's a good framework. I still I still like that. Um, it just reminds me of the Blair Witch. You know, like. These tapes were found under the foundation of the house, and it was impossible, and all that was left of them were their shoes. Yeah. That's from Doug. Uh, (laughs) um, Oh, boy. But, I, you know, the setup kind of, it's just, it's funny because it's, it's another thing that they're using to try to suspend your disbelief. But he says, like, oh, well, it's just been edited for time. Well, (laughs) like, why are they editing this footage? (laughs) Well, because otherwise it would have been like eight hours. Who are we and who are they airing it to? Are they compiling this professionally for the police? The police would just want the evidence. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he started with, Your Honor, I'm sorry I couldn't be in court today, but we've edited this footage for you for time. <laughs> no. Um, would would you have liked it more if it just went with that next screen where we have sort of like the... Yeah, we just started date. with them. Yeah, yeah, like the, the countdown, Filming. like in five seconds it's coming to this. Like I like that in Blair Witch because it's just like a title card. In uh, Cloverfield starts with like property of U.S. government, and then it's got like a time code, and then we flip into yeah. it. Yeah, like recovered at the scene formerly known as Central Park. You're like whoa, whoa. What? Uh, yeah. The for me, the rawer the better. The more raw, the better. Yeah, the more rawer. Rawer the better. Rawer. Let's get it rawer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a big rawer fan. You guys like rawer movies? I'm not trying to make fun of you, but it does sound like it. Um, so Grave Encounters, we follow Lance Preston, who is the head hunter of. He's a head honcho. I'll give you that. Of this ghost Lance show, Lance Preston. He's, He's never not said his name with eight eyebrows. <laughs> eight eye, eight eye, eight eyebrows. Person in him, <laughs> Lance Preston. <laughs> Uh, he is joined by Sasha, who is the occult girl. Yeah, she's their specialist. On- uh, Matt, who's their techie guy. TC, who is cameraman. Yep. And Houston, who's who is their... The greatest medium ever. Um, their medium. I love that they shoot additional footage for his arrival. <laughs> like, they shoot him coming in. We see the car park. We're back up, like, inside the building. And he looks up and takes his glasses off. And he's, ooh, a little worried. Oh, it's so good. Those are the scenes that seem the most like a reality television show where they're walking around with Houston. Like, I don't know, there's some... There's some really dark energy in here. And I, I was just... concentrating on this time. Like, well, we did just learn from the landlord that a girl committed suicide in this very tub. 
the speech pattern there. You've got that down. <laughs> the TV You've show really enunciating. Oh, it's the worst. And then just the constant recaps. Like, that's the only thing that could have made this movie better is if we if they also edited in the recaps where we're coming back from commercial and we see the exact oh, same thing over when and we over first and left over off again. <laughs> this oh. door opened on its own. We're going to see if we can recreate that right now. And then, like, quick cut to the door opening, door opening, door opening, door opening. Like, zoom in, <laughs> and zoom then, in, like, circle. inverted footage, so it's, like, blacklight, sort of. <laughs> Slowed down just a little bit, yeah. Now, go- Sasha, you said that you got a vibe earlier when you watched the footage of the door opening. Tell us what you feel. Door That's opening, right, door Lance. opening. When I was over there and the door opened, I got this sense that something was wrong. Door opening, door opening. <laughs> man, I hate reality TV. Oh, man. Yeah. It is funny, though, if you watch it. All reality TV, and I mean all reality TV, if you watch it thinking that the editor hates his job. Oh, it's so and fun. And the television show, it is a different experience altogether. Oh, oh my God. So uh, I've watched a few episodes of that Lindsay Lohan reality show that they aired on MTV a, a few weeks ago. Maybe Haven't we all? They do not make her look good at all. It is, it is so... I don't know who on her team thought... You know what, Lindsay? I think you're ready for the spotlight again. Let's just do some, like, real raw, uncut stuff. See you in your regular life. You know, like, in Mykonos and Greece. Um, the editors are not kind to her, and it is hilarious. They make her look terrible. And she's always just off in her own world when they're trying to create drama, and they are not afraid to cut to it. You know, the only unfortunate part there is that maybe she's not like that at all, but they've edited it to make I it look like... Know. Okay, can you give us a specific example? Um, well, there's just a few weird instances where she's like, okay, I'll give you one really weird one. So it's about these, she's pretending that they need to hire like hosts for her beach club. And so it's these hosts who are doing these like not really challenges. This is challenges. the premise of the show. Yeah. Okay. And uh, halfway through the show, they decide that they can only keep four as So now all of a sudden it's a competition? Yeah. But at some point they're they're off doing their challenge and they have like their, their VIP guest that they're trying to take care of. And they cut to Lindsay, who's just like dicking off on her own. And she rescue she's trying to rescue a lobster from her seafood bar, but it's on ice. And what? she runs down the beach and then she runs down the pier and she drops it in the ocean. Okay. But the lobster is definitely dead. And the cameraman just follows it as it sinks to the bottom of the ocean. Wow. And she's like, I'm like Ariel and he's my Sebastian. Did she say that? She did. Did they take lobster off the menu? Oh, no, but there's another scene with a lobster later in the season. Like, she, she keeps trying it? to rescue lobsters <laughs> and they're already dead and on ice. Wow. Okay. Well, and you saw that that meme where um she's pretending she can cook. Oh my god, I have seen that. And she's literally just putting like tomato sauce on bread and yeah. she uses it ketchup as like a um like a plate decorator. Yeah, like she's garnished like the way you would maybe take a sauce and sort of just like spiral it on the plate. She's doing it with ketchup. <laughs> and it's just like torn up pieces of bread and lettuce and it's like, oh. she thinks that that's what croutons are, maybe? I don't know. He, the, the real question is, when she bites into that, does she think it tastes the same as when she goes to, like, a five-star restaurant? I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, so weird. But, um, so that's what... I, I don't even want to say that I watch those shows ironically, because 
I don't know why I watch. I think I just watch them to like. I think you watch to, it the way some people. To appease that dark part of my soul that just wants to see people be fucked. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say maybe you watch them the way some people watch sports. Like sports, you can get invested. You can just watch it blindly. Um, but it's just... Uh, no, I think I watch it for dark and twisted reasons. Okay, so it's not just like, let's turn my brain off for an hour and watch this show. All right. <laughs> I'm a bad person. Maybe. <laughs> but it's what's made you an expert on things. It's what's made you an expert on all things reality TV, uh, which uh, it, it, it's led you to here. Like, I... Without without all of that... Bringing us back, John. Yeah, without all of those years of Reeling planning, it in. you wouldn't have understood or fully appreciated the depth of the Vicious Brothers' grave encounters. Okay, so we all kind of know what happens in this movie. They're touring around. Um, they're going to get locked in. They're faking their ghost stuff, and then all of a sudden, some spooky stuff actually starts to happen. My favorite moment, as soon as spooky stuff starts to happen, they say, fuck it, we're out of here, let's go. They go to open the door, it's locked. It's like, you actually locked the fucking door? It's like, yeah, it's good for TV. It's like, yeah, but you didn't need to actually lock the door. And that's true. You don't. You do not need to actually lock the door. That sounds like a, not a health code violation, but just not a smart, safe move. No, and... I'm sure they needed a permit. They need an emergency exit. <laughs> yeah, it's a TV crew. There should have been a paramedic on site. And you know, some of the spooky stuff is pretty pretty standard for these movies. It's re- it starts really slow and oh, yeah, um, the window opens. Very spooky, and Ooh, it slowly so ramps up. Um, Sasha's hair gets grabbed. That looks really that's great. That's a great shot when her hair floats. Like that's yeah. a very spooky scene. We see that in everything now. It looks great. Yep. And then there's a few other things. It's just really mild at first, but when it starts to really get cool. And this was the best idea for this film. Unfortunately, I think there's a lot of scares happening and and this kind of gets dampened. But what I love the absolute most is that time and space are fucked. Yeah. So at around 6 a.m., they are all waiting at home base, which is right by the exit door or the entrance door, the main door to the building. And... The landlord is supposed to come at 6 a.m. and unlock the door and let them out because they're done recording. Night's over. Yep. Six comes and goes. Seven comes and goes. He hasn't come. He hasn't unlocked the door. And the sun doesn't come up. And that is so cool. They are, they're in this building which doesn't exist in regular time slash space because once they, they start to really get panicked and they, uh, they start getting lost. They start getting confused. The sun's not coming up. Their watches are saying it's one in the afternoon. Uh, when they finally break down the entrance door that they've been waiting for the landlord to come let them in. It just leads down to another hallway. Oh, it's such a good move. And so fucking smart. There is something that's even like that just is the exclamation point on that whole moment too. When they first arrive to the facility, the psychiatric place, it spray painted on the front door is death awaits. And they're like, and oh, so cheesy. this is great, right? And they're just like, we can't use this. It looks too staged. It's stupid and cheesy, yeah. But when they break that door down, expecting to go aside and finding a hallway, they're like, what the fuck is going on? But when they look back at the door, spray painted, it says, death awaits. So it maybe at one point was the outside, but they are still locked in this like impossible labyrinth. Of a psychiatric hospital. It's like House of Leaves. I was just going to say that. It is is very House of Leaves. Oh my God. If you guys have not read that book and you are looking for something to read, it's maybe not like the perfect summer book, but it is one of the greatest horror novels ever. And it's honestly probably the closest thing to a found footage movie that you'll get in a book. 
it is the weird weirdest formatted book of all time. Yeah, it's got multiple perspectives. You're going to be uh, rotating that book. You're going to be reading different pages. It's almost like a choose your own adventure, but the adventure is people's eyebrows when they see you reading it on the bus. Also, full <laughs> descriptions of found footage in that whole book. Like there is there are entire sections of that book that are just writing the videotape that they found of a person who tried to explore the the impossible depths of this this house of leaves. Oh man, love it. Um, another great element, too, and this plays into the impossible hallways and, and such, is when they, their next strategy is, okay, we don't know where the exit door is, so we're going to go to the roof, the roof access, and we'll take the fire escape down. Yeah. And they find the tower, which somebody got pushed down. The cameraman got pushed down at some point. Yeah. Uh, and then he's up and fine. <laughs> yeah, the cameraman gets a lot, he gets attacked a bunch. Yeah. And then he's just okay. I think maybe it's just like an edit. And he is he has had enough. Immediately. He's, he is like ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but when they get to the top of the the tower or the the stairwell, it's just bricked off. Mm-hmm. It's just a wall. Stairs to a wall. Like very Winchester house, super <laughs> spook. Uh I love stuff like that. Well, they've split off though, Houston the uh, the medium has sort of hung back. He's like, forget it. Like when they first do like they, they do multiple explorations of this this building and they're terrified and uh, he does not go with them for the next one. And if there's one rule it, like in, in any haunted place, don't don't leave yourself alone. It doesn't matter if they do a lot of splitting up. I mean, at first they're they're off recording and they're doing work and stuff. But once things once we've confirmed like shit's fucked, don't be alone. Yeah, there's my cameraman. Fa- Matt is already gone. Matt. The camera guy is already gone. Yeah, and they they don't seem too concerned about him at first. They do find him <laughs> a little later, and then they remember how much they loved Matt. But for a while, Matt just doesn't exist, and they don't ask questions about <laughs> it. But the the three of them, Lance Preston, um, the was it C, TC, TC, and Sasha. So Lance, TC, and Sasha are looking around for an escape. And at one point he goes, all right, you go down there. Me and Sasha are going to go this way. Like, I don't think we should split up. Like, just do it, okay? Like, okay. And then they go. Like, that's that's it. That's the only explanation you get for splitting up. And unfortunately, it's because you need your characters to split up and cover more ground. It seems like the smarter thing. Because we need shit to go down. Yeah, unless you're Houston, because he's just going to hang out and do nothing. (laughs) Uh, But then he gets, like, blown up. Yeah. That's his, a weird move for those. His scene is uh... freaky, though. So he's stuck in the dark yeah. because he doesn't have any lighting. And so he's bumbling around the hallway. And so we're in a almost like a bird's eye sort of camera. It's in the top corner, like a, like a security camera. Yeah. It's just wherever they've set up the camera for that hallway. And he gets, like, hung. Yeah, like they... Lifted and he's choking and his feet are dangling, which looks cool. Mm-hmm. And then it's like he explodes. Yeah, there was an explosion <laughs> or like an electric... and he gets like launched across the, the, the hall, launched across the room. Yeah, these ghosts are angry. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just all that kinetic energy colliding to throw like, them. I'll show you EMF. <laughs> yeah, a Geiger counter this, you son of a bitch. But it seems like the ghosts are ready to, like, are really just fucking with these guys because at some point Sasha gets hello written on her back in scratches. Oh, that's a weird one. And maybe it is just the ghost, like, you've come, you want to talk to us? Like, okay, we're here to talk to you. And I yeah. I think there's something about the ghost being like, you called us and we've came. Oh, okay. I see. And it's, they have nefarious intentions, but... I think they are playing with them. A little bit. Particularly with the bathtub scene with the blood. That's a really great little magic trick those ghosts do. (laughs) 
But also, like, they, they're they slowly losing their minds because, like, shit's just going crazy. Well, they're exhausted and they're out of food. Yeah. The food has gone rotten. Yeah, but but the camera is evidence that this stuff is actually happening to them, right? Because like they it, keep going back and watching the footage. Like, they yeah. can see they've recorded this stuff. Well, even if, if it were a regular movie and we were just watching this stuff happen, you could say, like, is this, is this just in their perspective, right? Are we just seeing things through their eyes? But found footage as a medium is an easy Proof. way to say this happened. Yeah. And I think that's that's what's really good about this subgenre is that everything you see on camera is captured and is happening. It's physical. It's not metaphorical. It's not filmmaking. It's evidence. And uh, the, the, the fact that they wake up and they've all got mental, they've got oh, patient so bracelets good. on because like now they're admitted into the mental hospital. That is great. That's so, so good. And that's where they meet up with Matt again, too, right? And he's mm-hmm. just, like, all nuts and crazy. Like, he's been locked in for years. Um, that's got a bit of a Blair Witchy remake about it. Like, yeah. he's almost been there longer than they have. Yeah, because time's elusive. Mm-hmm. Time's weird. We don't know what's going on. At some point, that CC, uh, that CCTV camera, the, the time code on it just starts, like, flipping, like, nonsense. Like, it's just random numbers all over the place. Mm-hmm. We are in the Bermuda Triangle of buildings. Yeah. We're in the heart of the Bermuda building. The heart of darkness. (laughs) Uh, So the bathtub scene, they go back in that room. They're running away from some other monsters who have some spooky mouth eye situation. Yeah. Uh, It's a little much for me on the scare front, but, you know, I'll take it. Looks good. Yeah, I, I, you know, whenever I see, like, a real physical monster, I'm always just like, okay. All right, we're doing it. We're doing it. We, We went there. When they run into that bathtub room, the bathtub is filled with blood. Mm. And Matt, who is like almost catatonic at this point, starts like walking over to it. And TC tries to grab him and is pulled into the bathtub of blood. And so one, two, three, they hurl the tub over and the blood spills out and it's empty. And he's gone. That's a nice little trick. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. It's super simple. Like you just do a cut somewhere and then the tub doesn't have a person in it. But it looks great. Cutting the commotion, really. Yeah. I prefer stuff like that to the, oh, there's something in the corner, and he turns around and looks at us, and his face stretches into a black (laughs) hole. When was the first time we saw that scare? You were saying the grudge, right? I'm thinking that that originated with the grudge. Yeah. The the little boy in the grudge has a a shrieky face. face. Just sort of like elongates. And then I said Edward Edward Munch's scream. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what There's the original. Yep. Um, But yeah, the stretchy face scream is... uh, it's a common trope. We don't see it too much anymore because it's a little overdone, but it still shows up in like super indie movies. Mm, Ouija Origin of Evil had a big stretchy face scream. Uh, so I'm talking specifically like blacked out eyes, blacked out mouth. Mm. I'm not talking just like like brain scan, open the mouth. Yeah, but I, it's they're all relatives of each other because her eyes go white and her face stretches impossibly. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Distant cousins. They're in the same family. They're yeah. in the same genome. <laughs> what do you think of... The hands. For a trailer, super fucking cool. Oh, yeah. Looks um, good. Reminds me of Spooky. Day of the Dead. Yep. The the calendar scene. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, repulsion. Roman Polanski's Repulsion. The That one's maybe got a little more in tone with the rest of the movie. The hands are very big. They're huge. Like impossibly big, which looks cool. And when they're running, like it's it's very spooky. The cameras are really erratic. They're trying to run and there's just hands coming from the walls and the ceiling. I don't know if it makes sense for the ghosts being mental patients or like crazed doctors, but it, it almost just seems kind of random. Like they had a they had a ton of really great ideas for doing a haunted house and they squeezed them all into this movie. Sure. 
I think is my, my, so what I loved, I loved time being weird. I loved the impossible building. Yeah. I loved, um, the food going rotten. Oh yeah. That was cool. Yeah. But that, that also plays into the time. Yeah. Cause the, they opened the cooler. It's the only been exit, like a few hours and yeah, everything's rotted like a the, few days. Um, the blood tub and the exit entry drawer. But then everything after that felt like it was just like an extra spook. Agreed. And it was just. Too many spooks for me. Yeah. Not that I don't want these movies. I want these movies to be slower and more drawn out, but some of them felt a little random. Yeah, I mean, like they were—they're all good ideas, but they maybe don't necessarily need to be there. Mm-hmm. It's just a—it's just a lot. And you know, like uh, we were talking about, but keep want to say record. We were talking about Wreck uh, being like a seventy-eight-minute movie. This is like an hour and thirty, hour and thirty-eight. Could have been cut down, maybe. Yeah, like if it was supposed to be an hour-long TV show, make it an hour-long TV show. I'm down with that. I mean, I that would make sense, though. Make it it's just like, why are we cutting the TV show after these people have died? Yeah, yeah. that's a little much. That's that's disrespectful. <laughs> but yeah, it's, at some point... They end up in the basement tunnels. Yeah, they're in the basement tunnels. They're basically back in time at this point. And eventually just becomes Lance. Like, Lance is left alone. And it's it seems really long, though, because Sasha gets really sick. She's barfing blood. And he's like, Sasha's not going to make it. She's yeah. slow the group. <laughs> You're like, whoa, what? And then, All for one, but And then, like, vampire Dracula fog comes and takes her. Yeah, it just takes her away. Like, the whole place covers in fog, airs out, she's gone. Yeah. Like, that's spooky and cool, but... Sort of random. Yeah. Really weird. What if it's all in Lance's head? What if he... It's like he's the kid from the Twilight Zone, and everything he thinks can come... Can become possible, and just because that <laughs> He's kid... like, Sasha's gone, and they're... Yeah, and now, boom, Sasha's, Sasha's gone. gone. You got it, kid. I like the food <laughs> is rotten. He's like, guess I gotta eat this rat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun fact. I was looking up quotes for this movie for the game that I was putting together, which didn't work, unfortunately. But uh, I found one really cool thing. At the end of this movie, it says no rats were eaten in the filming in the making <laughs> of this movie. Also, like that typical that typical um, disclaimer at the end, like all characters spare no resemblance to any living or, and in this movie, undead people. Oh. Yeah, that's good. I like it. That's good. <laughs> Clever. Um, That's like when you do a PowerPoint presentation in grade eight and you do your own credits and you put your name as everything like producer, director, writer, sound. star, host, <laughs> so, recipient of grade A, of, of A plus grade, me. So at some point in the tunnels, he discovers this like secret medical room. And that's where this film really starts to mirror wreck because we have an underbelly. We have a secret room with like papers and medical stuff. And this is where satanic rituals. Yeah. And this is where we find out that the, the original doctor was pretty, pretty sinister. Oh yeah. 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 Because we know that there was a record amount of lobotomies taking place at this building, but we don't necessarily know why. I mean, at the time, devil wants brains, devil wants brains. I mean, like back then, like we thought that, Oh, this is just what doctors did. Yeah. Back when bloodletting was a thing, which no, one does now really like they used to do lobotomies all the time we don't really do we do lobotomies at all anymore Mm. is that is that like a worst case scenario thing? i don't know if they call them lobotomies they do do like they do some sort if you have tumors and stuff they'll they'll take some of your brain out i guess that's technically a lobotomy isn't it kind of do you have to take it out of the frontal lobe for it to be a lobotomy well because i think that's what like a lobotomy used to didn't they put a hook up your nose and like scramble your brains up oh they just like all willy-nilly did it and sometimes they cut it open i think it depended yeah, I guess they didn't really know much about brain stuff. Like can- brain stuff. Well, Canada back in the sixties, 
Canadian burnt toast. Burnt toast. Doctor, I smell burnt toast. <laughs> We've solved it. This yes, part of your is. brain is for your toast. <laughs> this is your toast brain. <laughs> Everyone's favorite brain. Wouldn't it be great, though, to just press a button and be able to smell like, ooh, breakfast? Like, wouldn't that be nice? Mm, that's a seizure, John. That's a small seizure. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's a real good point. That was the problem. She was having, she was epileptic. But we fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> Save the day. Yay, Canada. Uh, another, we weren't trying to worship the devil. Another thing that the end of this movie reminded me of, in the beginning when they were talking about the like origins of the hospital they do they do some footage into like these are this was the conditions of the hospital originally didn't look great the old-timey footage just I looked a little I think it's actually from a documentary there is like a real one am i wrong did it look new to you it looked modern i don't know there is well and they did the doc they had the doctor on his operating table okay, and well, stuff, yeah, but that looked a little hokey they, they filmed they definitely filmed that one because they reuse it again or not reuse it but like we wind up in that scene mm-hmm. we wind up at that operating table where just uh, just as so all the nurses are obviously in on this too right nurses are definitely evil as well <laughs> yeah because only a few steps away can you imagine the doctor trying to convince them just like oh no no no, no. we need the skull and the the skin bound oh, book disregard the pentagram yes. it's <laughs> are you a doctor did you spend 20 years in, i didn't think so this is required, and this must be sterilized every day. I will need you to clean this. Do not hurt the eye on my book. It is alive. It does look around. Talk to it. Put it to sleep. Then give it a quick rinse. <laughs> what are they trying to do there? I guess all they were really- I have no idea. Yeah, they're dark arts. Something sinister. Whatever they did, it made that place super duper haunted. Maybe they wanted to make a Bermuda Triangle. Maybe they just wanted to make- Maybe that was it. it. They just didn't want to be- They just didn't want to die, and so now Oof. they're continuing on as these, like, spirits. You know what? They needed to sacrifice a number of brains to get there. The doctor seems like he's doing okay. I mean, in terms of like, if if your goal is, I don't want to die. You know what I would like? More open mouth screaming, please. Yeah. (laughs) I would like black eyes and open mouth screaming. What if, okay, that was the caveat. Like, hey, we can, you can live forever. You can, uh, this is the devil. Uh, (laughs) You can live forever. (laughs) You can live forever. Yeah, you can perform as many surgeries as you want, in my name, of course, but I will need to give you an open face scream. You're like, an open face sandwich? No, 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 an open face scream. Black eyes, black mouth, scream. Yeah, you've seen the movies, right? No, I will need 800 mentally ill brains. Oh, boy. Forever. Forever. (laughs) Okay, so are there any scenes that we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about? Uh, Yeah, I want to talk about all the false endings of this movie. (laughs) It does end a bunch. It ends a lot. And I think the problem is that it, you need to cut in order to cut back and, and go progress the story. Otherwise, you're just watching him walk mm-hmm. and watching him discover things. So, you know, unfortunately, and maybe it's because so many found footage movies that came after this uh, and even around the same time have really ambiguous endings. They, they they all seem to end at weird points because it's supposed to be real. So this is the moment where they stopped filming or where they dropped the camera and it never really ends like a movie would. It doesn't sort of tidy things up into a nice little bow. Well, and I think too, part of the allure with these is that a lot of found footage films have alternate endings and multiple yeah. endings so that when you get the DVD release, it's like with three unseen endings. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we saw all three of those endings in this movie because <laughs> like, the camera cuts and we're like, oh, wow, okay, cool. And then poof, we're back on like, okay, so I didn't die just there, but I'm back. It's just me. <laughs> Things are looking a little grim. And then we come back. Oh, now we've got the doctor and the doctor's performing surgeries and the doctor's 
closing in on us. And then open mouth, face scream, and and we cut cut away to black. But we're still not done. We still have time to like zip back on one more time to be like, let's let's press it. Let's press it. I've had a lobotomy, but we're not gonna show it. But my eye is dripping juices. See, that's the thing. We need to see the hole in the head. Yeah, I wanted some um, Hannibal. You know, eating the brain scene. Man, what's your rating of this movie? Uh, hard to say because (laughs) there's there's some stuff you know, some disbelief stuff. The the ghosts are a little too showy for me. Sure. Got that um, found footage bump, though. Got a found footage bump, and the impossible stuff is so sweet, so lovely, mm. so up my alley. I'm going to go two out of four. Yeah. Two. <laughs> two out of four. Yeah, this movie's got a lot of great ideas. Um, And, um, yeah, unfortunately, just, like, maybe a little too much. Uh, I'm also giving this a two out of four. These kind of movies are really fun to watch, though. I love watching found yeah. footage movies. I think... Found footage for me is disposable in the way that I think slasher films are. You know how you love slashers regardless of whether they're good or not? Exactly. That's what found footage is to me. Yeah. So washable. I'll watch all Watchable? Of them. Washable. I can't I can't watch um can't watch found footage back to back to back to back to back like I used to be able to. Like I can't watch a dozen of them in a row anymore. But I could probably still do that with slashers. I don't know. Like those are both so those sh- those genres are both very formulaic. Um, so I, th- I think no matter what, you kind of get burned out a little bit, regardless of which one you're watching, mm-hmm. because it's just like template, 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 template. But I, th- I think you guys should watch more fan footage movies if you're not <laughs> watching fan fo- footage movies. Like, oh man, they are so good. Did you rate this? Yeah, I gave it a two out of four. Okay. I couldn't remember. They're also just very social. I, I like watching fan footage with people. Yeah. Especially because they got the spooks. Same as Slasher. But that's just our opinion. Obviously, we think Wreck is the better of these two movies. They're both great, and found footage is still probably the best subgenre in horror. I'm saying it. <laughs> uh, next to the 90s slasher. Uh, everyone's favorite. <laughs> Who doesn't love a whodunit? Um, let us know your thoughts on both of these movies, Grave Encounters and Wreck, over on Twitter at NOFS Podcast, on Instagram. No, oh, fuck that. Um... <laughs> In the Facebook Fiend Club, that's at facebook.com slash groups slash horror fiends of NOFS. And, of course, on Reddit, in the Nightmare on Film Street subreddit. Do you know Ugh. what the URL is, John? Yeah, but, I mean, I shouldn't have introduced it like that. At reddit.com slash r slash Nightmare on Film Street. Thank you. We say it like Google or search bars don't exist ever. <laughs> you know what we could do? Go to Facebook. Google Nightmare on Film Street. Go to Reddit. Google it's <laughs> Google it on Reddit. Google yeah. it on Facebook. Yeah, and but Bing it on Instagram. <laughs> Nobody bings it. <laughs> no, no one bings it. That's the joke. Oh, uh, we're gonna continue this conversation over on Patreon. We have a little bonus game planned in which John is going to quiz me on some found footage box office numbers. You damn right. This one's called Found Footage for the Win. We're gonna see how found footage movies are some of the best found footage movies of a given year performed at the box office compared to some of the other bigger films. But if you want to get that bonus episode and a ton of other bonus content like merch and swag, uh, full-length episodes and reviews of current movies in the theater, you can support us on patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. We are a listener-supported show and everything we do here on Nightmare on Film Street from our bandwidth to our hosting to our audio hosting, the website, that's all supported by you guys um, and... 
we we couldn't do it without you. So if you want to support the show, head to patreon.com slash nightmare on film street. If you aren't able to make a recurring donation, we also have a merch store with super cool stuff. You can get a uh, nightmare on film street t-shirt. We have enamel pins, buttons, all kinds of stuff there. That is at store.nofspodcast.com. And of course, the best way to support the show on any given day for free is to just tell a friend about it. Somebody that you think would like Nightmare on Film Street uh, and, and just enjoys a good scary movie. But that's it for us this week. We'll be back at you again in two Thursdays from now with another full-length episode. But until then, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay, Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive just long enough to tell the tale of the nightmare on Film Street. Ow! Help us grow the horde. Leave a review on iTunes or wherever you subscribe. Continue this week's conversation on Twitter by following at NOFS Podcast. And as always, more terror can be found lurking on our website, www.nightmareonfilmstreetpodcast.com. Until next week, stay creepy, fiends. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.